Guys, we, we started a new series last week, and I know Pastor Matthew did an introductory message uh, to the book of Joshua. The series is Crossing the Jordan. And I, I uh, for a moment, just a couple of things. Uh, f- from Egypt, bondage, Egypt, a type of the world, you and I in bondage and sin to Canaan, the spirit-filled life, the promised land, okay? And and I would say spirit-filled life, and I'm going to say that because out of Egypt is the crossing of the Red Sea, and the crossing of the Red Sea, we are instructed that it is a type of the waters of baptism coming into believing. I'm a believer, And they passed through the Red Sea. Now, as far as I am concerned, and not that my opinion matters to most, but the Red Sea parting is probably the second most epic miracles in the Word of God. If they crossed where we believe they crossed at the uh, Gulf of Aquaba, it's about eight miles across. Your eye can only see about two miles. So everything would converge into just, just, you know, one ahead of you. And so if there are 700-foot walls of water, the, the children of Israel would be walking into what would appear to be a wall of water in front of them. So the amount of faith that it would take for them to even step on the dry ground, because all they can see is, 700-foot walls of water. That's, I mean, 700, 700 feet of water. It's amazing. That represents becoming born again. And then the wilderness. How many of you know that God does not intend for you to have your destiny in the wilderness? Can I get an amen? We were, not in, we were equipped to live in the wilderness, but that is not our destination. Canaan is our destination, but Canaan isn't heaven, right? Even though there are songs written, you know, uh, swing low, sweet chariot, coming forward to carry me home. And it talks about going into the promised land. That's not heaven. There's battles in the promised land. There's death. They lose the battle of Ai. First go around. We don't... Man, when we get to heaven, we win. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So the wilderness is not a destination. Canaan is. So Canaan, Canaan it's this idea of crossing the Jordan is, I, I, I'm born again. I crossed, I, I passed through the, the, the Red Sea. The Spirit of God has now taken up residence in me, right? The Bible says minimally there are three relationships the Spirit of God has with us. Number one, he is with you. Jesus said, he is with you. Then he said to his disciples, soon he will be in you. And then Jesus reminds us, tarry in Jerusalem until the promise of my father, for you will receive power after that. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's crossing the Jordan, baby. It's a spirit-filled life. When the, when the power and the enduing power of God comes upon a believer, it's subsequent from salvation. 
The scripture refers to it as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we all need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to live from victory to victory in Jesus. We are more than overcomers through Christ, right? I want to live that overcoming life. And so, Israel was delivered from the degrading bondage of Egypt. Then the entirety of the wilderness events, the book of Exodus, most of the book of Numbers, all these things, they they are historical events. All that stuff happened. It all happened. And Paul, writing to the church in Corinth, he reminds us these things happened and they were written down for our admonition. Right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11, these things happened to them as examples, as in samples. In samples, King James Version, in sample. It's an obsolete word. But it's the Greek word tupos. It, it, this is a type. It's a picture. It's a prototype. It's showing us how we can and should live or how we should not live, right? Israel's examples on both sides of that fence, right? Here's some things they did not so good. Here's some things that they actually got right. And so we learn from that, right? And so there are examples for us. They were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages has come. I want to remind us that the central act, the central act of the Old Testament The summation is the deliverance from bondage. God's deliverance of the nation Israel. That is the central thing in the Old Testament. Now, the central act of the New Testament is the redemption of you and I out of our own Egypt through the work of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The cross. Can I get an amen? It is the pinnacle. And everything, Old Testament, New Testament, points to Jesus. It's like as though Jesus was on every page. Can I get an amen? And so all of these things are pointing to this. So the land of Canaan, again, represents the destination of God's people after being set free from the degrading bondage of sin. It's not our ultimate destination. Heaven is, but the crossing of the Jordan is the promised land. So today's sermon, in short, is titled Commissioned because we're in Joshua chapter 1, and Joshua is commissioned. Our text, Joshua 1, 9, uh, excuse me, 1 verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. So let's go ahead and read the text this morning. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. I do want to pause here for just one moment. With that verse still up on the board, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass the Lord spoke to Joshua. I shared last week over at Gladstone that I think there's a very interesting parallel scripture. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, it was in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord seated on his throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And I say this to say because sometimes you and I, we might have some form of idol or something that is esteemed that can hinder our ability to both see or hear the Lord. Isaiah, Uzziah was a good king. And I think 
Isaiah may have esteemed this king in such a manner that it wasn't until God removed Uzziah that he saw the Lord afresh. I think Joshua esteemed Moses highly. How many of you believe that Joshua esteemed Moses highly? I'm sure everybody did, right? But Joshua especially. And so when the Lord removed Moses, guess who hears the Lord afresh? So I want to encourage us, if we have some things that might be hindering our ability to hear or see what the Lord may be saying or doing in our hearts and in our lives from the word of God, hey, how about torch that idol? How about burn that thing? How about get rid of it? Can I get an amen? Yeah, that's important. Okay, that's a sermon in itself. Verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness, as this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which, my, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. And do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would love to have God speak to you that clear and that plain and that long? So oftentimes that I believe that I've heard from the Lord, he gives me one word. <laughs> one word. You know, I remember when God was calling me into the ministry, he kept saying the same word over and over and over again, and it was just the word more, more, more. And I'm man, if I could get something like a detailed plan from God, I'd be like, hallelujah, amen. Absolutely, I'm rearing to go, boom. I love that Joshua heard the Lord in such detail. So God's commissioning of Joshua. A leadership baton is passed. Joshua receives the commission from the Lord. So let's talk about the man Joshua for a moment. Verse 1, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Joshua, son of Nun. There are lots of good dad jokes there, like, you know, who's the only guy in the Bible that doesn't have parents? <laughs> Joshua, the son of Nun. <laughs> no, Adam also, right? He didn't have a mom and dad. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, yeah, cheesy jokes. <clears throat> you should know that Numbers tells us and other portions of Scripture remind us that Joshua was the eldest son of Nun. He was born in Egypt. How many of you know that the very first Passover was probably very, very important to him, right? The death angel was coming through Egypt, and unless he was in a house 
where the blood had been painted on the lentil, he was as sure as dead. So Joshua, the eldest, Joshua was Moses' servant, and now God tells Joshua that uh, Moses is dead. Joshua knows this, but he is now speaking to Joshua. Now, it's interesting because I think that Joshua learned by example and by an ensampling, if you will, of Moses. So there was a preparation He's learned his leadership both by serving and by being mentored of Moses. Here's just a little history of some preparation for him by way of reminder. Exodus 17, he goes to war with the Amalekites. You would remember that it was the Amalekites that attacked Israel on their way out of Egypt, and they attacked the rear where all of the elderly and the sick would be. And God said, "Mm, mm, mm, remember that. Remember that. And then an assignment was given to go to battle, and you would remember the battle because Joshua led the battle against the Amalekites and distinguished himself as a warrior in the battle, but it was Moses who was up on the hill who was raising his hands, and while his hands were raised and his staff in his hands, the Israelites prevailed, but then when his arms got heavy and he brought his arms down, it was the Amalekites that began to prevail. So they put a stone on the ground underneath him. He sat down, and Aaron and Hur held his hands up above his head with the staff all day long and into the night, and the Amalekites were defeated. Now, you'd remember that the Amalekites were also giants. They are, they are, they're part of the Nephilim, and uh, there's just a lot there. Anyway, Joshua distinguishes himself, and God says, Moses, write this in, and your text will say, write it in a book, but the Hebrew actually indicates that it is, write it in the book. Moses probably understands what he is writing from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy that he is writing the text of Scripture. And God says, you write this in there about Joshua so that Joshua will hear it and see it in print. I believe this is part of God's calling upon Joshua's life. Exodus 24, he accompanies Moses on Mount Sinai. I think that's very interesting. It wasn't Aaron, his brother, the priest. It's Joshua, the commander-in-chief of the armies of the Lord, the armies of Israel. And he goes up. And it's interesting because it makes me wonder, how, how close did he get? You know, when the cloud descends on top of Sinai for six days, where's Joshua? Can he hear God speaking to Moses? I actually think he probably could. Because he's learning that the God of the universe, the creator of all, is personal with his children. That's something to remember in this room. We're his kids, and he's personal, and he speaks. And Moses spoke face to face with God. That's Exodus 24, verses 12 through 17. 
powerful. Exodus 32, they come down off the mountain, and it's Joshua that hears the revelry in the camp. And then he watches Moses' response to the sin and idolatry in the camp. He watches how Aaron is reprimanded with truth. He watches the Ten Commandments in stone being cast upon the golden calf image that somehow just appeared. It just The people brought their stuff and they put it in the pot and it melted and then this calf came out. I don't know how this all happened, Moses. I mean, you can just imagine. If you read that story again, it's like Aaron. He's almost kind of like befuddled, like, uh, I don't know how this happened. <laughs> just blows my mind. But Aaron's no different than you and I. When we have fallen headlong into sin, we, how did I get here? What happened? Exodus 33, he went with Moses to the tent of meeting. Whew. How far did he go in? And these are curtains. So whatever the conversation was, He's hearing it. He's hearing it. And then when Moses was done and left, Joshua didn't leave. Joshua stayed at the tent of meeting. Man, that makes me wonder, how long did he stay? Did God begin to speak to him then what was happening there? Again, he's learning that God is personal, especially for the leader watching Moses get wisdom and counsel from God, hearing Moses pour his heart out before the Lord for the people, the rhythm of Moses, how he sought God in, a, in, a, in his life, in his entirety. <clears throat> I believe that Joshua learned that God is found by those who seek him. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Joshua was discovering these things. Then in Numbers 14, we have the account of the return of the spies. And you and I know that 12 spies went into the land. And they all came back. And 10 gave an ill report. And 2 gave a positive report. We got this. God is with us. He'll go before us. That's Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua is speaking by experience. He has seen it. He knows God is real. He's heard his voice. He's, he's seen the leadership. And now God has told them to go into the land but it was their idea. It seemed good to the people that, well, you know, I know God has told us to go, but maybe we should send in a, a little uh, group of people to tell us if we should go. And they came back and said, we shouldn't go. And they listened to it. Joshua gave a good report. Then we see in Numbers 27, Joshua is ordained. He's really ordained by God but it's through Moses. Moses lays hands on Joshua and he receives both the call of God and God's ordination. The baton is about to be handed. And so, the man Joshua. Now the baton handoff we see in Joshua chapter one, verses two and three. The man Joshua, God spoke to him, the son of Nun. Now we see the baton handoff, which is verses two and three. The key there, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise. It's your turn. Arise. I, I get this picture of a relay. I saw a relay race recently, and uh, I'm going to tell you the brothers from Jamaica, 
I think they actually have like uh, uh, whatever that uh, NOS gas is in their feet. Like, I mean, they're coming around the corner, running fast, and then they go, and they go, and they just passed everybody. I'm like, what was that? How'd they do that? But I watched them as the one runner was running. He never stopped his stride. And the guy who was going to receive the baton, just at the right time, he came out of his stance, and he's running, and he's almost full speed, and he reaches back, takes the baton, and he is running. And then the NOS, he was around the corner. I was like, what? And I mean, it was like, you know, several body lengths ahead of the guy that was actually in front of him when he received the baton. Like, amazing. The baton got handed off. Moses is dead, now therefore arise. It's time to cross the Jordan. It's time to go into Canaan. You and all these people, to the land I'm giving them, everywhere your soul treads is yours. Makes us wonder sometimes why they didn't tread a little further. It's like one-tenth of the promise. It's interesting, this inheritance that we're talking about is still in dispute today. Whose land is it? I find that fascinating. We won't linger here. We know what Joshua's assignment is to take the people across the Jordan, and he is going to do so. Chapter 4 and chapter 5 we'll get to in the weeks to come. So just know that leadership There's principles in leadership that each of us in our role should be replacing ourselves before the time is necessary. We should be mentoring people. Every follower of Christ should be being mentored, and you should be mentoring. After all, the Great Commission is what? Go and make disciples. Are you part of the Great Commission? Well, let me ask it this way. Are you a follower of Christ? then you are to be making disciples. If you're not, I invite you to get on assignment, right? These are not, this is not the pastor begging you to do it. Jesus has given it to you. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us to men that they would be reconciled to God. There's not a believer that's exempt from the mission, and there's only one, to make disciples. To make a disciple means we also make converts, hello, got to share our faith. Praise God. Pastor Dennis, you prayed for uh, someone with suicide this morning. Do you know right here on campus on Friday, we had 15 students from Estacada that were working on our project over here, volunteering their time, learning a skill through lock buildings. The school is literally, because Steve has presented himself and said, we'll we'll bring the kids in. We have an organization called Train to Rain, and we want to raise up leaders, and so we want to invest in them as leaders, and then we're going to take them on work sites for part days and so forth, and we were the first work site that they came to. 
You should have seen those kids. You know, they're trying to adjust their little hard hats when they were going in there. And, uh, they, had, they got all new tool belts, and they had, you know, their, their utility knife. They had to put it together. They had hammers, and they had stuff. I mean, they were just loaded. And I'm looking. I, I got all kinds of pictures. I should have put them in here and showed you. It was very, very exciting. But do you know that while we were in the classroom, we got introduced, Pastor Dave, and then uh, 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 Matt was here, and Pastor Randy Sanford was here, and we're in the back in the room, you know, sitting at the tables, and, you know, the kids all turn around when we're introduced. It's Pastor Dave, blah, blah, blah. One of the kids at break time came over and started talking to me and said he was having bad dreams and can't sleep. He says, my uncle's a pastor. This is what he texted me. And he hands it to me. And I'm reading this. I'm like, I like this guy. Because <laughs> he's talking about, you know, you have authority in the name of Jesus. You pray that God would kick the devil out. He resist the devil and he shall flee. I mean, he's quoting all the scripture. I'm like, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen, yes, amen. And the young man was so distraught that he used words like suicide. So I believe even the prayer is reaching there. We gave him direction and follow-up to make contact with him. He's loaded with warfare scriptures to be more than overcomer through Christ. It's powerful. We had a chapel service on Friday night at Clackamas High School, the home game. They played Nelson and they lost. Everyone say, oh, <laughs> poor Coach Morris. <laughs> that was a, it was, it was a great game. But was, what was the greatest thing is we had a joint chapel, and almost the entire Nelson High School football team came into our weight room, and about half of the Clackamas High School team was in the weight room, and they heard the gospel. And we got to pray for a young man who's, since his third grade, he's been playing youth football, and at seven years old, his family was in an automobile accident, and he's in a coma. And to see the team, both teams come together into the middle of the room, take a knee, and to begin to pray for a cause that is greater than a football game, a cause that is greater than anything, but community matters, and that there's a God in heaven who hears us when we pray. I mean, it was epic. I'm telling you, it's epic. God is moving. But here's the thing. We're all part of the Great Commission. Can I get an amen? We are all to be witnessing and testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, the baton. The promise is also passed in verses 4 and 5. And I'm just going to reread 4 and 5. Because the promise, the promise, the promise, the promise. Do you know that the promise has already passed to you as well? All of the promises of God are what? Yes, in him, that is in Christ, and amen, in him. They have been transferred to you and me. All of them. How many? How many are there? A lot. <laughs> 66 books. Yeah, preface is not anointed, so that's the 67th book. Or weights and measures, that one's not even. Or maps, that's not even. Concordance, that's not even. Index, that's not even. Glossary. Just the 66. Verse 4 says, For the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the Euphrates, 
All the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Hey, it's yours. It's the promise. It was given to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, children of Israel. Now you and you're going to go and apprehend it and dispossess the people that are there because it's not theirs. There were conditions and he was to be postured for that. In his posture, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Now, I don't have time to go into all the detail. That's verses 6 through 9, and you can read through it. It says it multiple times in there. Joshua was commissioned. The leadership baton had been passed to him. I want to suggest to you that the leadership baton has been handed to you individually and to us collectively. The leadership baton is passed again. The church has been commissioned. The church is commissioned. The commission has passed to you and I. Joshua's day is done, and he did his assignment. But this is our assignment. This is our day. This is our generation, you and me. The Lord is still speaking to his people. Hallelujah. Are you listening? Hey, Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 3, seven letters to the seven churches. But it is... It is panoramic in that it covers all churches, all ages. So this church, yes, and he ends every single one of those seven letters with, he who has an ear, if you have an ear or two, raise your hand this morning. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said or is saying. Saying, present tense. What's he saying? He's saying what he's always said. Go and make disciples. Teach them to observe all things that I have shown you. Amen. He's still speaking. The Lord is still calling. You and I, we are called of God. Can I get an amen? Let's go. He's still ordaining. You are an ordained minister by God. Christ's ambassadors. You represent a king, not from this world. In this world, you are a sojourner. You're an alien. You have diplomatic immunity from all the rules that apply here. Listen to me. I'm about to freak you out. The laws do not apply to you. The laws that apply to you are the laws of the kingdom where your citizenship is. Jesus, the man, Jesus, walked on water. The law of gravity had no effect on him.
Yes. If need be, you can walk on water. Jesus isn't the only one who walked on water. Peter. Lord, if it's you, bid me come. He says, great, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on water. You say, well, he sank. Okay, read, read the first part of the sentence. He walked on water. He's a man just like you. and a... Elijah is a man with a nature just like ours. He called down fire from heaven. My son, Kim, Matt was like, when we built the fence at our first house, I don't know, was he four? Maybe three? Three. We went to go get wood, and there's an adult bookstore right next to the lumber yard. He's heard and seen me pray for adult bookstores, lay hands on them, God, take them down if you can't use this building for your glory. And he's seen the results of that at three years old. I have no idea what's going on in his mind, but when a building is being pulled apart because it was an adult bookstore and we prayed that it would get ripped down on, it was 92nd and Foster Road, and they, that big old tractor with the claw. I mean, we're driving there on a Sunday morning and I'm like, look at what's happening. They're tearing the building down. It can't be used for God's glory. Hallelujah, it's gone. I still have the brick from 3rd and Burnside, Charlie, Linda. But listen, Matt, I, I, I'm like, hey, we should pray for that place. Matt, it's an adult bookstore. Why don't you pray? And he prayed. Lord, little three-year-old, burn that building to the ground. <laughs> Two weeks later, it was burned to the ground. I was arrested three weeks later for arson, but. <laughs> no, it was God. It was God. He hears our prayers and he's moving. God is still preparing his people. The Lord has given his mission to his people. The Lord is giving his anointing to his people. He has given his spirit to his people. To this day, if you and I will cross the Jordan, he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Ghost. And you will see and begin to see the power of God being made manifest in your daily life, in the marketplace, where the operations of God will begin to operate in a greater measure in your life. Oh, that we would hunger and thirst for that. Not that people would say, oh, look at him, he's a spectacle, he's a man of God, yay. No, that God would receive the glory and that people would come to Jesus as a result you look in the New Testament, every time there was a manifestation of the Spirit of God and the power of God being made manifest in some kind of godly operation, the result was salvation. People came to Jesus. We need the power of God working in our lives because we have people around us who need Jesus. He's still the baptizer. He still, be, he still goes before his people. He still fights our battles, and he is the one who gives the victory. Amen. Victory in Jesus. The therefore, the takeaway. Just as Joshua received the commission, so we have been commissioned. God said this, only be strong 
and very courageous. That's you and I. Acts chapter 4, they prayed for boldness. Boldness. And from there, when the building shook and the pillars, they were all filled with the Spirit of God, and they went out and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. I'm just fired up. I do want you to know that many people are living on the right side of the Red Sea, but they're not experiencing the right side of the Jordan River. There were two and a half tribes that decided that they wanted their inheritance on the east side of the Jordan. When attacked, they were the first tribes wiped out. There's something about crossing the Jordan. And if you're here this morning and you would like to be endued with power afresh from the Lord, I'm going to invite you to stand where you're at right now and say, I want that anointing of God. I want to be filled fresh. The scripture refers to us as earthen vessels. And the excellency is not the vessel, but it's what goes in the vessel that's excellent. And that's the power of God. If you want more of the power of God, I invite you to stand where you're at right now. You say, yes, Lord, I'm a candidate to be filled afresh with your spirit. Yeah, come on, come on. It's all of us. Lord, we love you and we need you. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and fill these earthen vessels, a good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over, flowing fresh and flowing new in us. And Lord, I pray today as we will be leaving this place, we've heard, we've broke bread, so to speak, with communion, and we've heard from the word, with the receiving of the enduing power. For some, Lord, They may be being filled for the very first time, you coming upon them, Holy Spirit, in a fresh and new way. We ask, God, that you would baptize in the Holy Ghost. Lord, may there be evidence in their lives, tongues, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, gifts of healing, all the operations of God. Lord, may we see them manifest in our lives in a greater measure. For those of us who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost before, just a fresh infilling, as they were even many on that day in Acts chapter 4, they had already been filled on the day of Pentecost. You were refilling them. Lord, will you fill us fresh? Just like I had to get gas this morning in my truck because it was on empty. Sometimes we get emptied out, and Lord, we need that fresh infilling. So God, would you come, Holy Spirit, fill afresh in Jesus' name. And Lord, may we be strong and very courageous. We pray for a spirit of boldness right now in Jesus' name. To be strong and very courageous, that we would be about the great commission. For the baton has been handed to us. And now we are commissioned, ordained by God, to go out and to be salt and light and see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So Lord, help us. I pray, Lord, as we go from this place that those of us who have come prepared to give and an offering that we would not neglect the importance and the requirements and the, the uh, necessity, Lord, of us to walk in obedience to receive the greater blessings by bringing the entire tithe into the storehouse and to bring in offerings for the work of the missions and to bring in alms to help those who are in need locally. Lord, may each of us do our part and may we walk in obedience in this area. And Lord, as there are many things happening in our church 
by way of just announcement, um, the Tuesday night prayer meeting at the Gladstone campus, the Wednesday midweek Bible study, the youth on Wednesday nights, the Thursday midweek service right here, uh, the all-church family breakfast, Lord. I pray that everybody in the house would come to the all-church family breakfast at our Southeast campus this coming Saturday and register online. Can I pray that? I think I could pray that. <laughs> and Lord, our upcoming Harvest Carnival with volunteers needed and candy needed. Lord, you know all these. You know all the details now. Everybody else knows the details. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And we just glorify your name. We glorify your name. May you be magnified. As we sing this song as a benediction from here, God be glorified. We love you and praise you and give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said a hearty amen. amen.